Seven and one may have been stretching it, John, a little bit, but I'll take it. I mean, I'm not going to give it back. <laughs> we would love to think that our games should be a lot easier than our practices. I think it has been so far. How do you keep them focused on the task instead of getting locked into all of the press clipping? I'm sorry, John. It ended up being an awesome You're thing, not though. sorry. Admit this. Welcome to another round of the Football Fridays in Georgia podcast here at Georgia Public Broadcasting. Thanks for accessing us however you are doing so, large device or small. John here, Hannah there, Mm -hmm. and it's another full week. It's a fun one. It is. Today we have Newton head coach Josh Skelton on the podcast today because they face Parkview Uh for our Football Friday in Georgia game of the week. It will be the very first time we are ever broadcasting from Newton. Mm -hmm. Cannot wait. Yeah. We'll also head south of the city, mm-hmm. catch up with Mary Persons head coach Brian Nelson. The Bulldogs are 7-1, and one, undefeated in region play at 2-0. and oh. They are on a roll. One of the really cool football towns here in the state of Georgia. Great history with uh, legendary head coach Dan Pitts, Rodney Walker, and it's great to catch up with uh, Brian to find out what's going on right now. Top five team in the state of Georgia in their classification. Mary Persons, it's a place that we haven't had the chance to, I mean, we catch up with them on Southern Swing and things like that in Central Swing, but to have Brian on the show, it's been a long time. Yeah, I know. It's really fun to hear from him. So that's that's all coming up. Before we get too ahead of ourselves, though, I want to take a look back at our game last Friday. Sure. We were at Weinman Stadium, and and John, I think, Mm-hmm. I think your hair is still a little damp. I would from agree. The game. I think <laughs> you're. I think you're right. Okay. So, all right. Well, now this it gets even better. It gets even better oh my because gosh, you guys, all right. So I game. I get home and I'm completely waterlogged. You got home a lot earlier than I did. Mm-hmm. I get home. I'm completely waterlogged, and I was so waterlogged that I, when I went to to bend over to to untie my shoes on my Merrill boots. First of all, nobody wants this image. You didn't have to say bend over. Well, I mean, how? how well, it's it's okay, the visual. Okay, so when you're taking your shoes when off, when I'm taking my shoes off, I'm still okay, wearing I'm still wearing my rain gear. Okay, got it. So as I'm as I'm untying my shoe Thank to you. to uh, mm-hmm. to take off mm-hmm. my shoes, I still have my rain gear on. Okay, and. My head is leaning forward. Water comes out of the hood oh, no. of the raincoat and comes and just completely and totally floor. all over me first <laughs> and then all over the clothes and then all over the floor. It took three days oh. for my rain jacket to dry out. I'm sorry, John. No, you're not. It ended up being an awesome You're game, not though. sorry. I'm, I'm Admit not. this. I had an umbrella the whole time. You did. The Purple Hurricanes pulled it out at home by one point, yep. 35 to 34, but that's not the whole story of the game, John. Hiram lost their starting QB. Yep. They missed a PAT. Ugh. It was it was really close. It could have gone either way, and it was it was kind of a heartbreaker. For, it was for well, and at the same time for Hiram, who's now six and two, it's a great showing for them. It's the first time that we've had Hiram on Football Fridays in Georgia, and what we've seen from Coach Fomania and, and Hiram with their development. I mean, last week they had. Uh, Kendarius Brown rushed for 187 yards. Caden Hamilton rushed for 115. So they had two rushers over 100 yards, one close to 200. Then for Cartersville, you end up with uh, Christian Lando, who runs for uh, just close, just on the other side of 200 yards as well. Uh, 205 uh, gross, I think, net yards worth, I think, 194 and three touchdowns. So it was a great showing against a Hiram team that comes at you different. They come at you from the like the inverted wing T set, and so it's real hard to defend if you're Cartersville. And so Cartersville got to learn that lesson, and it was a back-and-forth game. 
Second quarter, Hiram comes back. They tied at 21, tied at 28 after three. And I think it speaks a lot about how Hiram is developing as well and what Cartersville had to go through to improve to 8-0. Really cool thing that Coach Fomanaya said. Hmm. He, in his six years since taking the job at Hiram, he his goal was to get on GBB Sports. And he did it. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, and it was it was really cool. Uh, you know, I, I went to out on the field before it started pouring. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to just shake hands with him and meet him in person. He goes, yeah, I know when you're here, I know it's a big deal. Yeah. And it's very humbling to hear that kind of stuff. I also had an aspiring sports broadcaster with me. Yeah, you did. Shadowing at the game. True. And And we're going to have a little special guest. She's going to be on the show at the end. So you guys guys stick around. So it's a tease toward the end of the show. I see how this works. Okay, quick look around the rest of the state, John. Give us the updates on the big scores, the big things that happened, the upsets. Mm -hmm. Let me have it. Okay. Um, I think there's still only 20 seconds left in the Mill Creek and Buford game. Oh, that's, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's all I'm going to say. Clock is still running. Uh, Colquitt over Camden, 37-16. Uh, Newton obviously beating Brookwood. Mm-hmm. We find out more from Coach Skelton coming up in just a little bit. Uh, our game, obviously, the one-point game there. Perry knocked off Baldwin, 33-16. Wayne County over New Hampstead in a tight region game, 21-16 in Quad A. Mary Persons to tease the Brian Nelson appearance. Scoreless after three, and I will swear this game literally was in the fourth quarter when we were at the half. I mean, it was going by that quickly. And it was 13-7. The final Sandy Creek beat Carver in our web game, 20-15. Carver had to try and uh, work their way down the field, down five. And they were at the, I think they were at like the 11-yard line, I think, as time expired. Uh, Pierce beat Tombs to put that region in the blender, 17-14. So Pierce, Appling, and Tombs. I want the tiebreaker. That's what I want to know. Fellowship Christian over Athens Academy, 52-28. Elbert beat Rabin, 21-9 in Class A-D-1. Brian beat Screven by 21 to get to 7-1. and So that's just uh, some of the highlights from last week. Hey, John. Yeah. Uh, for those of us who, who don't know what happened to Buford and Mill Creek, can you tell us? Well, how much uh, specificity do you want? <laughs> we were just going to, um, you know. Just going to kind of let that just go. Just bulldoze right through that one. Yeah. yeah. Well, Come on, John. Well, uh, Mill Creek... Uh, did, did actually beat Buford 31-24. So the top-ranked team in 7A was beaten. Both teams are nationally ranked. But the the network that was broadcasting the game decided to switch away from it with 20 seconds to go so they could broadcast a preseason NBA game. And try and uh, literally it took them more time for to tell where the game actually was being shown, and then the game ended. So no one got to see the ending, mm. unless you were really quick with your remote. Mm. So there you go. Final, you said the final score? Yeah, 31-24 Mill Creek over Buford. Fantastic yeah. game yeah. shown on a national level. Yep. Does that does that uh, give you your answer, sir? I, uh, yes, 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 yes. I just wanted to get uh, some clarification. That's all. <laughs> clarification. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, another game being yeah. shown on uh-huh. a national level. Yeah. Worldwide. Worldwide. <laughs> Is our game of the week, Correct. Newton versus Parkview well, on GBB Listen Sports. to you with the plug. Let's go ahead and get to Coach Skelton's interview. That's head coach of the Newton Rams. Rams. Ram tough. Head coach Josh Skelton. Here he is. Welcome to the podcast. Go. Let me try that again. In three, two. Welcome to the podcast, Coach Skelton. That is a little bit of a tongue twister. Welcome to the podcast, <laughs> Coach Skelton. Okay. I see. I see where the, those Thank S's kind of collide. You. Okay, yeah. now that we've gotten through that. This is your first head coaching gig, your first year at Newton. Right. 
You took a six and five program a year ago. You are undefeated now at seven and zero. How are you? How are things going? Give us the update and the rundown there. Yeah, I'm 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 doing great. You know, our, our team is uh, thriving right now. Uh, you know, we're working very hard. We got a big belief system in our program and and in our culture. Uh, our guys have really bought into everything we've introduced this year. Uh, we're having a ton of fun, and uh, you know. In the process, we're seven and zero, uh, and we're not satisfied by any stretch of the imagination. So, you know, we got big goals this year, and uh, you know, we're looking to go one and zero every week. Let me ask you this: There's always that moment when an assistant coach sits there, and it's like, "Yeah, I think I want to be a head coach." What What was right. the thought process like for you? Why now? Why not sooner in your career? Why this? Why this gig? Why now? I guess is what I'm asking. Right. Um, well, uh, people don't know I've been here. I've been here at Newton as an assistant coach for many years, you know, around 11 years. And uh, here I've been uh, the DB coach here and I've been the strength and conditioning coach. I've been uh, the recruiting coordinator here. So uh, I live in the community and I got to, you know, I, I fell in love with the community, uh, all our alumni, all the support that's here. And uh, I felt that um, it was the right time for, for me to get my opportunity. And I've learned through a lot of great guys. I've learned through Cortez Allen, who's our uh, who's our AD now, um, Terrence Baines, Camiel Grant. Uh, I've learned through a lot of guys, and I, I just um, knew that when I get my opportunity uh, to, get, to put my sprinkle on top, that I, I thought we would do a good job as well. So, um, it was just the right time, and I think, I think uh, we had a lot of support from all the all the past coaches and uh, our AD is great. Our administration, I mean, this is the right time uh, for me to do it. Um, and, you know, we're having some luck right now. <laughs> I would say you've put more than just a sprinkle on top of this program, coach. I'm not right. going to let you be <laughs> too humble here. <laughs> You're not going to let him just kind right. of do a cook, no, I'm cooking not. routine. We yeah? brought you on the podcast to brag about your program, and that's what I'm going to do. Okay, so we have scores of 50-0, 54-0 in your first two games, 41 right. points, 27 points, 31 points. You just beat Brookwood, 44-17. Yep. to 17. What right. did you sprinkle on this team? What did you do to this team? Give us a little bit about the mojo that you brought and maybe your message to the team. Um what, what what did you do? I would love to know. I, I think uh I think first is how we attacked the offseason. I mean, we had an incredible offseason. Um we made our offseason very, 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 very tough, very, very hard. Um we challenged our main players and our main guys uh to strain every day. And uh we're at a point in the season and throughout the offseason where our best players were the hardest workers on the team. They led the right way. They bought into everything uh, that we were saying and uh, did what we asked them to do. I think the offseason set the blueprint, and and it's just strictly through hard work. And we got a lot of days, and our staff was up here six days a week. Um, we planned on Sundays to, to come out here and, and, and each week to know what our offseason was going to be and new ways to challenge the guys. Um, it's a legendary offseason. I mean, if you made it through this offseason, you were really ramped up, nice. you know, and uh, we had an incredible spring. And we really told our guys that if they do the things, you know, at the level we're asking them to do and to the standard, that we really believe we could have some success this season. And, um, you know, we became more process-oriented. Uh, we're not result-driven. You know, we're not looking at a scoreboard. We're not – 
looking past any opponent. The only thing important is this Friday and, and what we need to do to prepare for that Friday. And, um, and we make our practices very, very hard. You know, we would love to think that our games should be a lot easier than our practices. And um, I think I think it has been so far. And, uh, you know, that's how we've had some success so far. I have a two-part question for you. I want to talk okay. about some of your playmakers for people listening that might not know your team as well. And then on the flip side right, of that, right. I want a name of somebody that that deserves more recognition. So on offense, and just looking back to last game, you had running back Zion Johnson. He rushed for 198 yards and three touchdowns on 24 carries. On defense, Wright had a pick six. So so brag on some of your playmakers here, and then and then at the end, tell me about somebody that deserves more recognition and and maybe some college right. looks that isn't getting the the proper looks yet. Right, no, no doubt. I think um, when they look at us offensively, I think a lot of things start with uh, uh, obviously Zion Johnson, and you know Zion Johnson is the guy that's probably been in our program since he was uh, ten years old. Honestly, you know, uh, just because we coached his older brother, his older brother was our quarterback here, and we went to the third round with his uh, older brother, like at fifteen, did some special things with him, and uh, Zion has worked extremely hard, very humble. And uh, he's one of the top athletes and top running backs in the country. Um, Keon Davis has been extremely explosive this year. He's committed to Georgia Southern. Uh, he's led the right way, and I think uh, I like to point him out because of the way we challenged him this off season. Um, I think he responded to every challenge we gave him. Um, we was extremely hard on him, on and off the field, um, in the weight room, and. He just responded tremendously, and you know, I'm very proud of him. Marcus Cowboys, I think, is one of the best just overall athletes in, in in the country. I mean, the kid could really play any position on the field, and he's built like a rock. He's like 190 pounds. Uh, our offensive line is like the unsung heroes. Those guys are extremely committed and have done great. And Javion Presley, Shermaine Castile, um, Otis Mitchell, all those guys have done great. Uh, I would say, like, defensively, um, all our guys have just bought in for a long time. I mean, Rayshon Perry, um, Wayne Patterson, Jaden Robinson, I mean, Zach Harden Jr., all these guys. But the the one person I think that deserves a lot of credit that doesn't get it is Ephraim, uh, Ephraim Wright. Ephraim Wright is a safety force, but he's really our team captain. Um, he embodies pretty much everything we are. You know, on and off the field, kid has a 3.7 GPA. Kid is uh right up at the top with leading in tackles. Uh, you know, three interceptions on the year. He just took a pick six. Um, you know, I think that if any college want a, a great locker room guy, a great leader, and a playmaker in the secondary, uh, they'd be crazy not to take uh Ephraim Wright. You know, this guy's a tremendous leader. Um, guys, a tremendous in the building, Beta Club, anything you can think of, he's in. <laughs> he's dominant. Uh, so he's he's a, he's a great figure for us, and um, I definitely think he's a sleeper. Most wins right now since 2019. You're right now at seven right. wins out of the blocks at seven and zero. Most wins since 2019. How do you keep this bunch from getting to look at the press clippings to not know that we're talking to you for the podcast this week, and so they can continue to focus right. on the task at hand, which is right now in the in the short term park view but getting to those deep playoff runs that you're looking for, how do you keep them focused on the task instead of uh, getting locked into all of the press clippings? We talk about it every day. I mean, we call it poison. And um, that's one of the terms 
that if anybody's around our kids, they'll hear, hear them say, uh, can't take the poison. That is something we reiterate every day. We think that the enemy to our success is, uh, it obviously is us becoming complacent. And how we do that is, you know, starting to read our own press clippings, start to believe that, uh, start to believe some of the compliments and things of that nature. So uh, our guys do a great job of not taking the bait, not taking the poison, staying away from the papers, uh, and strictly believing in the mission that we're uh, ahead. And um, and those guys at this point are paranoid to look at anything outside of uh, of what these, you know, what we need to do to get better. So the only thing our team talks about is what we need to do to improve. You know, we're not looking at how bad we beat Brookwood or what the score was against Brookwood. We're really looking at the things that we want to improve at uh, going into this week. And those guys have bought into that process, and uh, they're looking to practice extremely hard. We push our guys at an unbelievable pace in our practice, and uh, we break those guys down every day, and we want to make sure those guys know how much better we can be versus just how far we've come. So uh, we didn't come this far just to get this far, so to speak. So that's the mentality, and uh, they'll remain uh, mentality uh, going forward for sure. My last question for you, Coach, and hate to add to the poison, but there's a reason we picked your team and your, <laughs> to cover this Friday night. We're just so thrilled. This is going to be, I think, one of the best games on GPB so far this season. So preview against preview the game against Parkview for us. What are the keys to the game? It is going to be an extremely tough test for you guys. Maybe the biggest one of, of this season. We already know your mindset. What are your keys to the game? Um, well, first, first, we got a lot of respect. Uh, for part of you. I mean, tremendous staff, uh, tremendous kids. It's a battle. I think every year those guys deserve every credit that they have. I mean, they got a tremendous team. Uh, I think they're very explosive. On, uh, they're, I think they're very good on both sides of the ball. I think I think the key is, is, is for us is going into our mind is that first and foremost, we want to make sure we win the turnover battle. Uh, and we want to make sure that uh, we win our special teams. We want to be the most dominant team our special teams that we can uh, week in and week out. And we feel like that's that's a common denominator that we can separate ourselves because a lot of that is going to be effort, want to, how important it is to us. That's our culture has to thrive uh, on special teams. And I feel like from there, how balanced we can be on offense, obviously uh, being able to capitalize on every opportunity and uh, being able to just play Newton football defensively. We want to be – uh, want to make sure we get into the football. Want to make sure we're highly competitive when the ball is in the air, and want to make sure that uh, we're able to respond uh, from any negative play that happens to us. You know, and uh, I feel like if we just do that. Uh, we don't. We don't go into a game. I think again, thinking about the result. You know, we want to win mo- one moment at a time, and if we do that, uh, you know, every week we like our chances. So those are going to be key to the game. I don't think it's. I'm sure part of you is 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 wanting to play part of you football. Obviously, Newton, we want to play Newton football, and it's going to be more so about us versus uh, us just looking at part of you. So, want to play our game and uh, and uh, you know kind of go from there. Well, Coach, we're looking forward to seeing Newton football on Friday night. Newton and Parkview, 7-0, hosting 5-2. It's our first visit to Newton yes. in Football Fridays in Georgia Yay. history. Thanks for hanging out with us right. on the Football Fridays in Georgia podcast, and thanks for putting up with us all week long as we get ready to broadcast you guys on Friday night. Thank you so much for having me. I'll see you guys later. One interview down, one to go, and it's time to catch up with our friends in Forsyth. Not the county, city. 
Mary Persons, ranked top five in the state in their class. Time to catch up with their head coach, Bulldogs head coach Brian Nelson. Welcome to the podcast, Coach Nelson. You are 7-1, and 2-0, and oh, coming off a 13-7 win over Peach County. We're running back Duke Watson, rushed for 150 yards and two TDs. We'll talk about his talent in just a bit. How you feeling, Coach? How's the season going? Get us caught up on everything. Uh, I think we're feeling pretty good. You know, um, we're in an off week right now. So I think most coaches would say it's always good to go into an off week with a win. And um, so the kids are off today and then we'll practice Tuesday, Wednesday and Thursday. And then they'll be off Friday as well. And then we've still got a couple big region games left uh, to finish up the year. But, um, you know, I, I, I just like where we're at right now. I think um, the confidence level obviously is, is fairly high, you know, but I know you guys probably understand this. When you're working with 16 or 17-year-old kids, that can, that can change pretty quickly. So, um, you know, and and this is a community that loves football. So it's, it's an exciting time right now in, in Forsyth. So when – you kind of got the feeling that this was going to be this was going to be a, a good team. When did that moment hit you? Was it something that happened spring and summer that you're thinking, okay, we're, we got a good team here, this could be a good season, or was it something that developed? Was there a moment, or was it something that developed over time? I don't know if there's a moment, but since, um, you know, when you come, every high school is the same way. You come back from Christmas break, you kind of, you know, the, the senior, the old seniors are kind of out of there. And then and then you're trying to develop new leadership. And and we really had a great offseason. And and I've been telling people for a while, I just that I really like this team and I felt good about them. And, um, you know, obviously having Duke coming back is a big deal. But um, some of his classmates have, have, have played really, really well for us, too. And um, and a lot of those guys over the last two or three years, have played a lot of football for us. So um, we're fairly experienced in terms of that. We don't have a lot of seniors, but we've got a lot of experience. So it was just something kind of building. And then once you, you never know until you start playing games, but I felt good about this group for, for a while, probably going back to, you know, the stuff we did in the winter and stuff like that. And then just seeing it through spring practice and the summer and all that stuff, it's kind of just been, been brewing a little bit and and um we've been fortunate to pull a couple games out and and um get going a little bit and develop a little bit of confidence and and I think that's where it all comes from. Let's break down your team a little bit on offense and defense for those who listening don't know your team as well. So I would love to hear your thoughts on Duke Watson, one of your main playmakers on offense. But on defense, you guys are awesome as well, holding Mary Persons, uh, holding Peach County to 29 yards rushing. Talk about both sides of your ball there and brag on some of your playmakers. Well, obviously Duke, and Duke's been Duke's been – you know, running the ball for a long time for us, you know, and, and um, he's been played a lot as a freshman and obviously had a big sophomore year and junior year and, and, and has, has really exploded this year a little bit and got better every year. But um, we've got some offensive linemen that, that aren't real big, but they're seasoned and, and they've played a lot of football for us. And then, you know, Ty Dumas and Gavin Martin and Seth Davis at wideout have come on and, and been good for us. Um you know, Max done a good job at quarterback, kind of running the show a little bit. Um, but then defensively really is what doesn't get enough uh, uh, publicity probably, you know, and that's easy with Duke being back there. But yeah. Jacoby Jones is a senior. He's 
he's the make that kid an offer segment if you know what i'm talking about go. he has had yes un- yes he, he has had an unbe- yeah he has had an unbelievable year he's a really good football player um that people need to know about um and then some other guys on that side of the ball that if like i said these guys have been playing a lot since they were sophomores and they took their lumps because of that you know and and um uh, rj holders a guy nick arnold's had a great year sydney carter um Jay uh, Nodum's a defensive end. He's a junior that's played really, really, really well for us. Um, and I could go on and on. Javon Sands, Xavion Scandra, Malachi Knight. I mean, uh, Jace Davis, Shaman Reese has played good on defense. Uh, Christian Stewart's played bo- on both sides of the ball a little bit and had a good year. It's just a, it's Mary Persons. We don't get a lot of people from anywhere else other than for Scythe. And it's just kids that love football and they've all found a way to step up together this year. And, and uh, it's been fun to watch. So if I had told you at this point of the season, going into your bye week that you'd be seven and one with this group of folks that have been there forever, that have been playing since they were freshmen and sophomores, what would you have told me if I'd said, okay, you're going to be seven and one right now. What would you have told me at the beginning of the year? Um, Maybe, you know, like, I mean, and it's not an easy seven and one. I mean, we've, we played Northeast, Spalding, Trinity Christian, Prince Avenue, Peach. I mean, we have played some good teams, you know, and, and, uh, and Duke didn't even play against Spalding. Otherwise I think that game could have went a little differently, you know, and we lost by a touchdown, but um, you, you know, I don't know. I thought there was a chance, but, but seven and one may have been stretching it, John, a little bit, but I'll take it. I mean, I'm not going to give it back. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, it's your it's your 12th season with the Bulldogs. What has been your message to the team this year and and what does football mean to your community? Well, um I think what gets lost a little bit is we had a couple down years the last couple years, but Mary Persons is a proud place that that loves football and and not only the community, but the kids love it. And, and, um, and, and we haven't really gone anywhere. We just haven't, we haven't performed that well the last couple of years. And, and I think um, some of that has to do with depth and, you know, we, we had some small senior classes coming through and, and you guys know this in, in high school football, especially small towns, um, the, the talent and stuff can go in cycles, mm-hmm. you know, and, and we had a bad little cycle there for, for a couple years and, and not that we had bad players. We just didn't have enough of them, enough of good players. And, and, and the kids fought and played hard, but six and five, seven and four, which for a lot of places are good, but that's not really the standard or, or the expectation at a place like Mary Persons. Um, and, and for the community, this means a lot. I mean, it's, it's a proud place that, that really loves Mary Persons and nobody goes anywhere. People, you know, the people that come to the games, they graduated from here. They played here. Their kids go here. You know, their, their relatives all went here. It's just a it's a it's a unique place. And and um, and it's really. It's really you, you just don't see a lot of it anymore. You know, I mean, I think everything is is, you know, uh, metro ish a little bit like, you know, in these small towns that, that, you know, do everything they can for a Friday night and, and you know, live or die by it to a certain extent. Um, they like having good football teams and, 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 and we're fortunate this year to be, 
you know, where we're at, but we got a long way to go and it's by no means uh, where we want it to be. So um, we'll keep working, but you know, for sight, the Monroe County loves football and it's, it's, it's a proud place with a lot of history and tradition. No doubt about it with names like Dan Pitts and Rodney Walker. When you have these, do, how much of your, your, your players, do they know the history? Do they understand about Coach Pitts and Coach Walker and the history and what you've been there building over the last decade? How much, how much of the history do they know going into this? I think they do, you know. I mean, um, a lot of their, you know, a lot of their dads and granddads and brothers and uncles and cousins oh, all yeah. played here too. They've been so hearing they, all the stories, they hear about John. It a lot, you know, <laughs> but um, you know, I think where I think two or three years ago we got to where we didn't respect the tradition enough and the kids didn't understand it enough. And that's something, you know, we've tried to to convey to them and these guys have got it through that it that it means a lot to to wear that MP on your helmet. You know, it's not just something that we take for granted and it matters and it means a lot. And I think, I think this group got away from that for a little bit for two or three years and, and didn't really respect it enough. And, and um, so we've talked about that a lot and, and, um, and I think they understand it, but for the most part, I mean, if you grow up here, you play rec ball here, you play middle school here and you go to high school and you play football for Mary Persons and, I, I think about everybody understands that, that that we've got in our program. No doubt about it. Out of the block, 7-1. and one, You've got a bye week. You're at Upson Lee on the 27th for a big game for your ninth game of the year. My younger brother, Brian. I'm kidding. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> Brian Nelson, the head coach at Mary Persons. Thanks younger for hanging brother. out with us. Much, much, much younger. Much younger brother, yes. Yeah, much. yeah. I appreciate you saying that, Han. I appreciate the two muches. <laughs> I got much, you, Coach. Much. I got you, Not coach. just much, but much, uh-huh. much. Exactly. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. See? The, the head coach at Mary Persons. Thanks for hanging out with us right now. Ranked top five in AAA. Thanks for hanging out with us on the Football Fridays in Georgia podcast. We'll catch up with you soon, my friend. Absolutely love it. Thank you, guys. Great to catch up with Coach Nelson, and I will be interviewing Duke Watson as my featured player this week, so look for that on Sunday. Check. I cannot wait to catch up with him and see how his season has been and his recruiting process. He's committed to Louisville, so we'll be finding out all of that very soon 24 for 150 and both scores in their win against peach county this past friday so we've already talked about our tv game parkview at newton our web game is the region 8 1a d1 battle between commerce and elbert county man other games to watch on my list is the region 17a showdown colquitt seven and oh at lounge four and three Anything can happen at Lowndes, but that's going to be a really tough test for the Vikings. So, Colquitt versus Lowndes is my game to watch. John, what All right. you got? Here we go quick. It is uh, Carrollton hosting Westlake in 7A, Thomas County Central Saturday at Houston County because of the availability of Freedom Field. You've got to rotate that out sometimes. 7-0 and at 6-1. and Thursday, Marist is at North Atlanta. Once again, you've got teams... That are six and one playing seven and zero. Five A Calhoun and at Dalton both six and two. GAC is at Kell seven and zero at six and one. Four A Benedictine is at Wayne County in Jessup eight and zero plays six and two. Spalding is at Westside Macon eight and zero plays six and one. Three A Calvary Day at Savannah Country Day seven and zero and five and two. Cedar Grove and Sandy Creek Cedar Grove three and five doesn't matter. Sandy Creek 
is 6-2. and two. That one will be played at uh, Godfrey Stadium in DeKalb County. Double A, Appling County and Vidalia, both teams 5-2. and two. Fellowship Christian plays Providence Christian, 5-2 and two and 6-1. and one. We mentioned Elbert County and Commerce. Sly and Manchester, Class A, D2. That one's in Ellaville. And uh, there you go. That's games to watch. Great. Quick flag football update if you watched it. On our triple header Thursday. Last Thursday it was a triple header at McEachern. McEachern beat BT six to nothing. BT then beat Milton twenty to nothing, and McEachern beat Milton twenty to thirteen. We will have another flag football matchup this Thursday. Follow us on social media at GBB Sports to see if we will be broadcasting a game near you. All right, staff whip around. Staff whip around. I feel like we need something like official kind of music or, or uh, some like, like voice a, of like doom a, voiceover. Like whip around. Staff. Do whip we have around. music. Okay. But wait, 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 give me that real clean. Staff whip around. Do it one more time. Staff whip around. Staff whip around. There you go. You get the whip and the yeah. and the voice of doom. Okay. There you okay. go. Okay. We'll add that to the music. There you Perfect. go. All right. So here we go. Uh, Alpha- we have we have music. Wait, wait, wait. We have music. Yeah. Cool. J- Jeremy will add music. Uh, it, we have uh, Alpharetta playing Lassiter, mm. and uh, Alpharetta beat Lassiter thirty-five-three. One of the <clears throat> upsets of the week oh, was with Jake the Snake. Archer beat Parkview 28-27. Uh-oh. Jake, tell us what wow. happened in the game. You know, we did our best, but sometimes your best isn't good enough. <laughs> you guys, Jake is the biggest football fan in the whole he world. Is. He is absolutely the biggest yeah. football fan Yeah, that ever. was a great takeaway. Thank you, Jake. Go Parkview Panthers. See, he could be a coach. <laughs> he is that good at this. Uh, and... and uh, DeCab, uh, sorry, Decatur was off, so Commander Sandy's mm-hmm. Decatur Bulldogs were off. James's Central uh, Macon Chargers mm-hmm. were off. So the only game left on the board, and my Lakeside Vikings were off. So uh, Darlington, Darlington. Yeah, well, uh, yeah, I'm getting there. Pepperell and Darlington for Ambassador Jeremy, and it was a rough night for Darlington as Pepperell. Ooh, sorry, won thirty-five to ten in this battle of Lindale Lassiter and Rome. Still loses though. What was the score again? Thirty-five-three. Yeah, I uh, I grew up. I had lived in Lindale when yes. I went to Darlington, yeah. and so and my high school girlfriend was a Pepperell graduate. So I spent plenty of times in Lindale, and those they got those milk chugs yes, that they fill sir. with pennies yep. and they shake them. Yeah, I can still hear those things. Yeah, yeah. with uh, with Lynn Honeycutt. The, uh, the esteemed head coach of the Pepperell Dragons. We have one more special staff whip around we, well, today. Yeah, we do have one more whip around game. So sure which do. one is it? We have Miley Lindzen in right. the studio today. And her mom, Ashley, is behind the glass. <laughs> so Miley is a freshman at Cherokee High School. And so she's going to take our jobs get, next year is what you're saying. an aspiring sports broadcaster. She's so not aspiring. She's doing She already it. is a sports broadcaster. Yeah, what are we say. doing? Tell us um, your staff whip around. What was the score and what happened what at happened Cherokee was... on Friday? So right now Cherokee is one in five, and we've come really close to winning a bunch of the games, but ultimately didn't pull it off. There's lots of great talent on our team. Our QB Tanner Savasier is a junior. He is a great player. He's completed 124 out of 202 passes and has 211 rushing yards. 60% passing rate. That's good. Nice. Yeah. So I'm really excited for next year with him. Another one of our players, Reed Chanley, he is on varsity. He's our senior kicker. And he's amazing. He's great in and off the field. A great kid. He's made 7 out of 10 field goal attempts, including a 46-yard field goal, 
a 75-yard kickoff and a 60-yard field goal just at practice, nice. not in the game, but super cool. He's also had tons of game day visits from Georgia Tech, UGA, Florida, and lots of big ones. So cool. Definitely watch out for him. Um, another one of our players, Christian Irwin, he leads the team in rushing yards with 348 for the season, and he's the guy to give the ball to when we need a few extra yards. It sounds like a fullback. It's yeah. like third and two, and you need him to just crash the line of scrimmage, and yeah. he's the guy that you give it to. So mm-hmm. let's see, he's averaging uh, fifty, like 58 yards a game on the ground. That's okay. not bad. Okay. So Cherokee's 1-6. and six. They're 0-2 in region play, but their big win was against Woodstock 49-13, September 1st. Were you at that game? Yes, I was. Okay, so what was that win like? What was the atmosphere like, and, and what all do you do at the games as a sports reporter? It was great. That game was really fun. It was it was a great win. Um, we beat them by a lot. And yeah. so the student section was just yelling and everything like that. And so I went on the game actually I went on the field actually Yay. after the game and interviewed the coach and just talked to the head coach, Coach Shaw, about what it was like winning and stuff like that. So for folks that want to keep an eye on your work, mm-hmm. I've seen it on, all right, so is it the IG, the Gram, or, or the Insta? <laughs> She's got the cutest mm-hmm. sports page, so tell everybody where to follow you. I know that was on Instagram, but you probably have yeah. other things too. Uh, I have it on Instagram and TikTok. Those are my main ones. What is the handle so people can follow you to help support your career? CHS.sportscast. <laughs> okay, so at CHS.sportscast. All of our listeners, please go follow Miley to help build her portfolio for her college dreams. Especially which... <laughs> when she's doing the TikToks. Yeah, yes. yeah, especially the TikToks. Okay, so you want to go to Florida? Yes. Florida has an awesome... <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> cover your off. ears, cover your ears, John. <laughs> they have an amazing um, sports broadcasting mm-hmm. program, Gator Vision. Yeah. So what are your goals and dreams with sports broadcasting? And, and just a shout out, she's already way ahead of when John and I were her age. Like, True. I think you're actually ahead of most people. Um, but what are your goals and dreams? So I started CHS Sportscast this summer to get started on the dream of being a sports broadcaster. Um, It started as a way for me to get as much practice as possible interviewing the athletes, and I hope to cover all of the sports that my school will allow me to do. All of them. Yes. (laughs) Right now, my biggest goal is to hit this passion project just out of the park and impress colleges I'm hoping for, University of Florida. Yeah. Talking to you. Yeah. (laughs) Um... The college is just so competitive and just hard to get into these days. And I have the grades and everything like that, but it won't make me stand out. So that's kind of where the idea of a passion project came into mind. And it's like, how many high schoolers can we say that have taken it upon themselves to talk to coaches and arrange interviews day in and day out and just really cool. Yeah. You're leaving high school and with only a, a demo freshman. Tape. I know. A lot <laughs> more time to go. One more time. Tell everybody yep. how they can follow you. CHS.sportscast on Instagram and TikTok. And the tick and the ticky talks. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. All right. So that's another round of the Football Fridays Thanks in Georgia for being podcast. Here, Miley. Thank you so much. Miley's gonna teach us everything that uh, we need to know about <laughs> yeah. being a sportscaster. Yes. And then uh, next season on the and show. Then tell us everything we're doing wrong yeah. two years later. <laughs> Basically, yeah. And so next year she'll be hosting yeah. and we'll be sitting there uh-huh. and we'll be co-hosting this thing with her. So uh, thanks for coming. Thank you so much for having me. Because it, it is it is a drive from the, the Cherokee region to come down here. <laughs> 
and, and to be a part of things here in downtown Atlanta. Thanks You're for having me. You're only our out. second guest in the studio ever, really? by the way. Back to back weeks. Back to back. We look at us, John. I know. We're like advanced and stuff. <laughs> so for everybody behind the glass, I'm just John. She's Hannah. That's Miley at chs.sportscast, right? Yes. At chs.sportscast on, on uh, the social medias so you can keep up with everything going on at Cherokee. So for Hannah, for everybody behind the glass, I'm just John. Play safe, everybody. Enjoy the games. Region play really picking up.